Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to After the Fact. Good evening and welcome to this week's After the Fact. Yes, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm your host, John Nolan, and this is Clamars Community Radio's weekly trivia quiz game, After the Fact. Each week, two teams of two will face questions on a particular year. This is the third last episode of the current series. And at the moment, it's Advantage Blue Team. So let's see if they can maybe close out the championship tonight. Who knows? Right, let's go and meet the teams. So in front of me, I have two ladies, the Blue Team tonight. Let's uh, introduce yourselves, please. Yeah, I'm Carl Cronin. I'm coming from Boyle. So this is, I don't know how many of these have done at this stage, but I've had very short notice for this particular one. <laughs> That's called getting your excuses in early there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Carol, you were um, you were notified of... Um, there was a late withdrawal, basically, on the blue team tonight. And uh, the bat signal oh, went up to the sky. Or yeah, whatever. pretty much. Yeah, Well, you're here. Yeah. So let's see. This is basically going to be a test of how much you knew about 1939 in general. Yeah. Yeah, OK. Well, good luck tonight. <laughs> your teammate, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Anne McLaughlin. Um... What can I say? I've been a volunteer with Glimmer's Music Radio for many years now, and I do enjoy the occasional quiz. Oh, you do? You sure do. But I, I yeah, we'll see. Uh, What's your knowledge of 1939 like, Anne? Very sparse. I, it's an interesting period, but I'm afraid I unfortunately had very little time to swat on it because I'm busy at the moment. Oh. But that's... That's my fault. That's another excuse in early there. Yeah. So the, the blue team of... Okay, good. We know where you stand. Okay, no problem. Let's go across the table virtually because both our red team members are in Galway City tonight. So uh, in whatever order you like, gentlemen, please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Brendan Cox and uh, I'm here in the apartment with the loudest floor in Ireland. Yes, so we noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as has starred on previous episodes of As The Fact <laughs> when Brendan has been on. But you haven't been on with us for a while, Brendan, now. No, uh, events in Galway took uh, precedence, the arts festival and the races and stuff like that. So I've been very busy. The entire summer of festivals. Mm, That's Galway yes. for you. And uh, when you were last on, you were a teammate of uh, the man who was beside you. And I believe you had a win as well. So let's introduce your teammate, please. Uh, my name is Dave Finn. I am also in Galway and I am buried with exams. Other people's exams. <laughs> you are doing some correcting, Dave. Is that what you're doing? I am doing more the logistics of the examination, the repeat examinations in the university. Oh. I just, I just like to wish everybody good luck. And but you need to ask yourself the question: Why are you here? Why did you summer? Oh, that's very unfair. We've all done them at some point. <laughs> I remember them well. <laughs> So I'm not going to be I'm not going to be judgy like Dave Finn there. No, no way, not me. No, no, way. no, no, no. All right, let's go and meet the final member of our team. It is, of course, our robot scorekeeper, Clancy. Good evening, Clancy. Good day, everyone. 
Will the Reds be singing the blues tonight? See what I did there? Ha ha ha. Thanks, Clancy. Thank you. Okay, let's get on with the quiz. Round one is our multiple choice round. In this round, I will ask each player a question on the year of tonight's show. And they can, if they can answer from a choice of three, they get two points for their side. They can confer if they wish with their teammate. They'll only get one point for a right answer then, though. A wrong answer at any point, we'll see it go across. The other two options going across to the side who can confer and get a one-point bonus. This is an odd-numbered show, so we're starting with the red team in Galway. Who would like to go first down there? I'll go first. All right, Brendan. On June 24th, 1939, the government of which country changed its name to Thailand, which means free land? Your options are A, Siam, B, Ceylon, or C, Kampuchea? Um, oh. So, I I have a gut feeling on this, but uh, I'm just nervous because... Because Dave's beside you and I'll give you a dig in the ribs if you get it wrong. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, the man's already on medication, so I'm not going to do it. Let me see. Just give me the three options again. Sure. Please. So which of these countries changed its name to Thailand? Was it A, Siam, B, Ceylon, or C, Kampuchea? And remember, of course, you can officially confer should you choose to. It's... Uh... It's a question whether to confer to make sure of one point or to risk it and go for two. That is ever the gamble. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to confer. All right, conferring so. In you come, David. It's Siam. It's Siam. Good for one point. Well done. That was my gut. Oh, well, there you go. But you made I sure. We've a point. We've a point. Don't worry about it. <laughs> exactly. Right, across the table we go. Ladies, which one of you two would like to go first for the blue team? I'll go first. Okay. Oh, well, this might be very handy for you, Carol Cronin. In 1939, what famous Austrian scientist took up residence in Dublin at the invitation of the government, helping to establish the Institute for Advanced Studies? Your options are Carl von Frisch, B, Erwin Schrodinger, or C, Conrad Lorenz. Erwin Schrodinger. Ah, I see. I knew you knew that. He of the cat fame. <laughs> and the wave equation, Yes. And he stayed in Ireland until 1955, I think. Yeah, one of the buildings in UL is named after him. Oh, there you go. Okay, across we go. David, your question. After taking 17 years to write, the final work of Irish author James Joyce was published in May 1939. What is it called? Is it A, Ulysses, B, Exiles, or C, Finnegan's Wake? It takes 17 years to read. It's Finnegan's Wake. Correct. Well done. Yes, it is. A, I believe I haven't got near it. I, I, I did. I have read Ulysses, but I haven't got near Finnegan's Wake because uh, no, I just don't feel like doing it to myself. <laughs> All right. Okay. And Anne, you get the last question of the round. Are you ready? No, but I'll, I'll take it anyhow. <laughs> the Catholic priest Joseph Tiso, T I S O who would be executed after World War II for crimes against humanity, became the first president of which Nazi client state in 1939? Your options are A, the Slovak Republic, B, Croatia, or C, Hungary. So are you going to take that one yourself, Anne? Are you going to confer, or what are you going to do? I'm going to confer. You're going to confer, Carl. Okay. 
So Joseph Tiso was the first president of which of Nazi client state? Hungary. Hungary. <laughs> that is incorrect. So across we go. Gentlemen, you might get a bonus here. Um, Joseph Tiso was the first president of which Nazi client state? Remaining options are the Slovak Republic and Croatia. It's um, Slovakia. Slovakia, Slovak Republic. Correct. Slovakia. Yes, the Slovak. Yes. Technically called the Slovak Republic. Because I don't think Slovakia want to be associated with it. Right. So that is the end of round number one. Let us go and check the scores with Clancy. Blue two points. Red two four points. So it's four points to two lead for the Reds. Okay, on we go. Round two is our connections round. In this round, I will give the team that is playing two pieces of information. If they can tell me what links them to the year in question, they get three points. They can request a third and indeed a fourth piece of information, but they will be playing for two and one points respectively. A wrong answer at any stage will see all piece of information offered across for a potential one-point bonus for the other side. We start with the team that's trailing. That is the Blues. So, ladies, your first two pieces of information are the Glywitz incident, that's spelled G-L-E-I-W-I-T-Z, and Fall Vice, F-A-L-L-W-E-I-S-S. So... What links the Glywitz incident and Fall Vice? Okay, so they're. This was. Um, Glywitz incident and Fall Vice. <laughs> okay. That. I think that's what that was. So. That's this one. But no, no, the second one. The first one, I don't know. The Glywitz incident and Fall Vice. Go for Have you had any idea? Are you going for we'll another? Go for one more. You're going for one more, okay. Well, the third one is coming up. So we got the Glywitz incident, Fall Vice, and a date, September the 1st. Invasion of Poland. Yes, that's correct. What was the final clip? <laughs> That's the third one. What was, what the, was the Glyvitz? What was the Glyvitz incident? So, Glyvitz incident. The Border Patrol. Well, border. no, it was, um, it was an attack on a radio tower just inside the German border in the town of Glyvitz, which is now okay. in Poland, but it was in Germany at the time. And it was basically, the, after the war revealed, to have been staged by German undercover operatives, but all dressed up as Polish. So it was, so a, it was, it was a, another Kristallnacht kind of thing. It was thing a false flag yeah. event. Yeah. Okay. Fall Weiss being the white plan, which was the actual plan for the, excuse me, the the plan for the invasion of Poland. (laughs) September 1st was the day it began. And the final clue was going to be Danzig. Gdansk. Gdansk. Now Gdansk. Okay. Down we go to Galway. Here are your first two pieces of info. Achille Ratti and Two Days. I spell the name A-C-H-I-L-L-E R-A-T-T-I. Achille Ratti and Two Days. God. Two Days. Jesus. Spell the name again, John, please. A-C-H-I-L-L-E. It's like Achille, but with an E on the end of it. And then Ratti is R-A-T-T-I. T-T-I. T-T-I. It's Italian, but 
God, if I'm not. I mean, two days is the bit that's completely thrown me. I mean, that could be something to do with the invasion of Albania. Could be to do, but I wouldn't want to risk it. And like that name is somewhere in the back of my head, but I wouldn't be confident to to risk anything on on those two. Go for another. Yeah, another one, John, please. Okay, so we have three pieces of info coming. Achille Ratti, two days. And a full turnout of 62. Oh. 62. Full turnout of 62. This, now, where my head is going is Pius the 12th. 62 Cardinals. 62 Cardinals, Pius the 12th, Achille Ratti. But his yeah. name, Achille Ratti, is not the Pope, is not Pius the 11th and isn't Pius the 12th. And that's what's throwing me again. Two days would be, it could often take them two days to discuss it. 62, it's possible there were 62 Cardinals. I'm. Uh, was there a new Pope in 1939? There was. There was. It's um, Pius XII. Um, I'm not confident. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think we have to, we have to buffer it, so we'll, we'll, take, we'll take the last one. Yeah, we'll go for the last one. Sure thing. Achille Ratti. Two days, a full turnout of 62, and Eugenio Pacelli. Ah, it's Pius XII. It is Pius XII. He is Pius XII. Right. So he's actually the Pius XII as Pope. Yeah, the papal conclave of 1939 is what I was looking for. And what, what is the Achille Ratti? Achille, Achille Ratti. Well, David is incorrect because Achille Ratti was the name of Pius XI. Oh. And two days, it was the shortest conclave of the 20th century. It only took two days, three votes. Uh, full electorate of 62 cardinals turned up and voted. Mm-hmm. And yes, Eugenio Pacelli was elected, was elected as Pius XII. And that all happened on the 1st and 2nd of March. Okay, back we go to the ladies. Are you ready, ladies? Mm. Yep. We've got Tara and Victor Fleming. <gasps> I, think, I think Anne has had a penny drop moment there. Yeah, well, I heard that too. <laughs> You heard the penny drop from there. The penny drop. We've loud floors here too. Well, I'm assuming based on the name Tara. Right. I'm not sure who, what the Victor Fleming thing is, but I, I'm assuming it's Gone with the Wind. The uh, are you playing Gone with the Wind then? Playing Gone with the Wind. It, it, was, it was released in 1939. It's correct. Well done. The director. That's correct. Yeah, the boys down in Galway know that Victor Fleming was the director of Gone with the Wind. Yes, he was. You got it one too. You didn't need it. It should be four points for that. Yeah, it should really. Because, no, I I associated with the Selznicks, isn't it? David O. Selznick being the producer of the film. Yeah. Who who was not a clue, but if you had been, you'd have gotten it even quicker. Uh, Your third and fourth clues, Margaret Mitchell was number three, Mm -hmm. the author of the book. And Vivian Lee, the the real open goal uh, final clue there, played Scarlett O'Hara. That's three big points there for the blue team. Okay, down we go to the boys and uh, the red team. Auto Avio Construzione and Blacksmith. Sorry, I think it's the second one, John? Blacksmith. Blacksmith. Yeah, I think I know that. It's Ferrari. Yeah. It's Enzo Ferrari broke away and was told not to form a company. So that first bit you said was the company he was I had to call it because he wasn't allowed to use the name Ferrari. You're right, yo, you were right. <laughs> Yes, Enzo Ferrari founded the company that would be renamed for, in his own name six or seven years later, but it is 
the foundation of the modern Ferrari, basically. Except he wasn't allowed to call it Ferrari, based on an agreement with his former employer. Uh, blacksmith is what Ferrari means in Italian. Yeah. Other clues we didn't need. Modena, which is where it was mm-hmm. there. Also well known for balsamic vinegar, I learned tonight. And um, Enzo would have been clue four, which obviously they did not need. Mm. Right. We flew through those, I feel. So let's go and check the scores with Clancy. Blue team seven points. Red team eight points. So it's uh, still the Reds in the lead, but just by one point at this stage. Okay, on we move. To round three, everyone's favourite. The audio round. Okay, here we go. In this round, I will play for the teams. Piece of music. They get a point for identifying the artist performing and the title of the song and then there will be two subsequent questions worth a point each that are related to it. Any wrong answers, we'll see it go across to the side for a potential bonus. We stick with the team that is trailing, only by one point now, but anyway, there you go. Blue team, that's you. So here comes the first piece of music of round three. Someday I'll wish upon a star and wake up where the clouds are far behind Troubles melt like lemon drops away above the chimney tops. That's where you find me. Okay, so uh, first point for grabs. If you tell me who is singing there and what the name of the song is. Judy Garland, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Correct. That's the point. Well done. Now you've got two subsequent questions. Can you tell me, please, what age was Judy Garland when she filmed The Wizard of Oz, the film, of course, from which that song is taken? Mm, oh, she was more. But that's as good as any. I really don't know. Okay, so once again, the question is, what age was Judy Garland during the filming of the famous movie The Wizard of Oz, from which that song was taken? I know she was young enough, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, she was young enough. (laughs) Somewhere between 13 and 17, I would say, but go for it, guess. Okay, what what number are you throwing my way? 13. 13. I'm afraid that is incorrect. So across we go, potential bonus. Gentlemen on the red team, what age was Judy Garland during the filming of The Wizard of Oz? 17. 17. Is also incorrect, I'm afraid. 16. She was 16. Yeah. Uh, she had turned 17 by the time the film was released. Yeah. But she was 16 during the filming. She was born in June of 1922. Mm. I'll remember it next time. Okay. And your other question, ladies. Mm-hmm. Which other song from The Wizard of Oz, also credited to Judy Garland, charted in Ireland and the UK in April of 2013? I don't. <laughs> hey ho, the witch is dead. Uh, well, whatever the name. It's the one about the the witch. Uh, oh, what's the name of it? Uh, You're close with the title. I mean, go have another run at the the first couple of words of the title. No, it wouldn't be. It's the one about the witch. Ding dong, the witch. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Yes, that's correct. Sorry. You yes. know how it was. Hey ho. <laughs> Sorry, I I no. just I I knew I know why. As yes. well. Is that, is that a bonus question by no, any chance? No, you've had your two questions. 
Ah, uh, come on, John. <laughs> give keep, us a bonus answer. You keep on looking this one. for these four point questions that don't <laughs> exist. Uh, I, ca- I can give you the bonus trivia bit. Fire ahead. Margaret Thatcher. The death of it was uh, released basically oh, yeah. mischievously <laughs> in the aftermath of the death of former British Prime Minister Margaret yeah. Thatcher. Okay, gentlemen in Galway, here comes your first piece of music. Here comes Brother Hickenbottom down the aisle with his trombone. Blow it, boy. Okay, so who's performing there and what is the title of the song? It's Louis Armstrong and uh, <laughs> When the Saints Go Marching In. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Did you have a little blank out there, Brendan? Blank. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> yeah, we, correct. You were already anticipating what the follow-ups might be. <laughs> your brain. Keep Good. her on the ball, boy. Keep her on the ball. Good teamwork there. Okay, two questions uh, related to that song. First one is, the American football team in which city took their name from that song. It's the Saints. It has to be the Saints. It has to be New Orleans. It makes sense with jazz. Yeah. They're the only team I know called the Saints in American football. New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, correct. New Orleans. The New Orleans Saints is correct. It's one of those overthink questions. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> next one. For a band no, 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 no. <laughs> Different thing altogether. English rock and roll musician Tony Sheridan recorded a version of this song in 1961, releasing it the following year as the B-side to his version of the Scottish, traditional Scottish song, My Bonnie, which then little-known group backed Sheridan on those recordings. What year? Uh, he recorded in 1961. Huh? <laughs> so it's tangential, I know. That was then, no, uh, then a little-known Then group. little-known group, that's the way that I phrased it. John to fame. 61. Why would it be? The other beat. No, that would be one. Stones. Stones? Stones. Again, I have my body. So I'll read it one more time. English rock and roll musician Tony Sheridan recorded a version of When the Saints Go Marching In in 1961, releasing it the following year as the B side to his version of the traditional Scottish song, My Bonnie. Which then little known group backed Sheridan on those recordings? Yeah, Scottish. Oh, it's Scottish. It's good with Scottish. The Scottish bit is throwing me, but he's English, therefore the Stones. Mm. Nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, but nothing else. John, uh, John we're going to go with the Rolling Stones. Okay. <clears throat> I'm afraid that is not right. So across we go, ladies. Potential bonus. Did you say Scottish band? No, no I said traditional Scottish Irish. song. We'll go with them. Yeah, the Beatles. Beatles. Unbelievably is correct. Oh, yes. Yeah, they hit the big time in 62. So. Yes, no. Tony Sheridan and the Beatles. Uh, the, um, of course, record companies and record companies, the records were re-released about two years later called Tony Sheridan and the Beatles presents. <laughs> of course. <laughs> anyway, now uh, that's the end of that. So we go back over to the ladies on the blue team for their second piece of music. Here it comes. Scene 
gallant south the bulging ass okay lyrics there are quite the amazing set lyrics so what is the name of the song and who's performing it is it Strange Fruit by Billie Holiday? Yes, yes it is. Correct. Now you've got two questions related. What is the name of Billie Holiday's ghost-written autobiography? In an early example of multimedia promotion, it was published in 1956 at the same time as an album of the same name, which included a title track, which also obviously had the same name. Ah. What name did they all three share? I'm going to guess, but I think it Go- might be Fever. I'm afraid it is not that. Okay, across we go. Potential bonus. Red team. I think it's Lady Sings the Blues. Lady Sings the Blues? Correct. Well done. Kitchen son. Well, we have a ding-dong match going on here at the moment. Right, back we go, ladies. Last question on it. Which famous singer received Academy Award nomination for her portrayal of Billie Holiday in the 1972 film adaptation of Lady Sings the Blues? I've gone blank. So which famous singer received an Academy Award nomination for her portrayal of Billie Holiday in the 1972 film version of Lady Sings the Blues? Yeah, which one? Go here. Okay. I, 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 I can't find an answer. Okay. Can I? You look like you're close to an answer there. No, I don't. I think that should be way out, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's more likely. Okay. What have we got? Dion Warwick. <laughs> it's not Dion Warwick. Over we go to the red team in Galway. Gentlemen, yeah. do you know what? which famous singer received an Academy Award <laughs> nomination? For her portrayal of Billie Holiday in the 1972 film version. He's not listening to me. <laughs> Diana Ross, John? Yes, that's correct. All right, now uh, the final piece of music of the round is coming up. It's for the red team, and here it is. Okay, gentlemen in Galway. That's Moonlight Serenade by Glenn Miller. Yes, it is. Well done. Okay. Two questions relating to that. What instrument did band leader Glenn Miller play? (laughs) No, 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 no. That's Benny Goodman. Um, Sidney Bishash or Blakey. I'm sure it's the trombone he has in his hand. Yeah, trombone. That's correct. Yes, he did. He played the trombone. Well done. And final question. In what year did a plane carrying Glenn Miller disappear whilst flying over the English Channel? So, uh, 
In what year did a plane carrying Glenn Miller disappear while flying dead? over the English Channel? Yeah, there's a lovely story about was he already dead. Um, can we give you a choice of two, John, and you select the right one? <laughs> I've got three in my head. That's not a good idea. Um, Again, the, the, the essential format of the show is well established. Yeah. For 1944? Is Yay. the correct answer, yes. It happened on December 15th of 1944. Okay, that's the end of the round. We're about to take our ad break, but let us go over to Clancy and we see how the scores stand after that music round. Clancy. Blue team 11 points. Red team 15 points. So it's a 15 points to 11 lead for the red team. We'll be back in about uh, three minutes' time. Please do not go away. This is After the Fact, the weekly trivia quiz game here on Clamars Community Radio. I'm John Nolan, your host, and thank you for joining me tonight. Questions are all about 1939 this week. Now, after three rounds, the red team, which is represented tonight by Brendan Cox and David Finn, are on 15 points. They are four ahead of the blue team tonight, represented by Carol Cronin and Anne McLaughlin. Yeah, it's men versus women, I've just noticed. Mm. Right, let us go on with round. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's taking you this long to notice. I apologise. It's an equal opportunity. That's how I didn't even notice it. Yeah. I didn't even notice it. It doesn't matter. Right, it's the final round. 20 questions in this round. The team that's in control will be asked a question. If they get it right, they get a point. But they also get to keep control of the game, which means they get the next question. This can continue until at most five in a row have been answered correctly, at which point they will have to give control of the game over, but they will get a bonus sixth point for that achievement. However, a wrong answer at any stage will see control go across and the other side will have a chance of a bonus on the question that was missed. We will start with the team that's trailing. That's the blue team. Are you ready, blue team? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Question one. Following the conclusion of the Spanish Civil War, who declared himself as the new head of state and government under the title of El Caudillo? Franco. Franco. Correct. Yes, Francisco Franco. Question two. Published in 1939, The Big Sleep is a hard-boiled crime novel, the first to feature the detective Philip Marlowe. Which author, who spent several childhood summers in Waterford with his mother's family, wrote The Big Sleep? So I'll say it again. Published in 1939, The Big Sleep is a hard-boiled crime novel, the first to feature the detective Philip Marlowe. Which author, who had spent several childhood summers in Waterford, wrote The Big Sleep? Okay, I'm going to tell you there are 25 seconds left on the clock. I just can't think. His name won't come to me. Who wrote The Big Sleep? I'm just going to throw out a surname and I think it's the wrong one. Okay, throw it out, Anne. I'll stop the clock. Clancy. I'm afraid that is not correct. So, Red Team, you're getting control of the game, but you might get a bonus here as well. Who wrote The Big Sleep? 
Uh, Raymond Chandler. Yes, Raymond Chandler is the answer. Correct. Okay, now your question. Which famous piece of legislation, which would give its name to the state of the nation for the next seven years, was passed by the Oireachtas on the September the 3rd, 1939? It was known as the State of Emergency. It was known as the, Emer- it's known as the Emergency Act. It's known as the Emergency. Uh, y- state yes. of Emergency. Yeah, I have Emergency capitalised. Emergency Powers Act was the full name of the legislation. But of course, it did give us the title of the Emergency. Completely trivial fact. It was not technically revoked until 1996. Yeah, I remember hearing that all right. That's an interesting fact. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Just I forgot to revoke it. Just yeah. Yeah. And technically, we were still in a state of emergency for 50 for odd years. And really, if you think about it, we probably were. <laughs> Maybe. It would explain a lot of the rationing, yes. I, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> It wasn't until 1996 that we got into boom territory when Mm. they no longer needed it, you know, the fake boom. (laughs) Right, next question. The Austrian-born founder of psychoanalysis, a clinical method for treating psychopathology through dialogue between the patient and the analyst, died in London in 1939. What was the name of this man who had left Vienna the previous year at the age of 82 to escape the Nazis? Sorry, Sigmund Freud. Correct. Okay. Did you next, get that? Uh, you, you got that right. Correct. <laughs> next question. Ding dong. <laughs> Which superhero created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger? Yeah. <laughs> An unusual in that he does not possess any superpowers. Made his first appearance in DC Comics Detective Number Twenty Seven in nineteen thirty nine. Technically, you're wrong. He didn't. Oh. He didn't make it in DC Comics. Because they didn't exist at the time, but uh, they did become DC Comics. Uh, that would be Batman. It would be Batman. It, <laughs> again, you're not on. Dull. Yeah, it was Detective Comics. Now, for five in a row and the bonus point, Clonmacnoise, established as a party to represent the interests of small farmers in the west of Ireland, was founded at a meeting in Athenry, Galway, on June the 29th. Which former All-Ireland football winner served as the first leader of the party from 1939 until 1944? Well, I didn't know he was an All-Ireland winner, but he does share his name with an All-Ireland, a very well-known All-Ireland winner from a lot more recently, uh, Michael Donlan. Michael Donlan is correct. Dang, lovely. I did not know he won an All-Ireland. Very good. Uh, was he in the team in 60, uh, one of the trainer all? In no. 1939. <laughs> you might have planted a gun there. <laughs> in his 60s. Um, what was football at a guy in his mid 60s to be in a three in a row team? <laughs> yes. Oh, how lacking in players you are, Jesus. He really had superpowers. The first Michael <laughs> Donlan. The first Michael Donlan uh, did, I think he, he won at least one, if not two, All Irelands. And I'm surprised you didn't know, David, though, that when Michael of our vintage one, he's All-Ireland, he became, that, the Donlans became the first family with three generations of All-Ireland winners. It's Galway, John. I block everything they do when it, go, when it comes to football. <laughs> right. Uh, that was a bonus point. So across we go to the ladies who are now in control of the game. Need to get some scores on the board here, ladies. Here we go. Nominated for seven Oscars, it would win two of them. Best Music and Best Supporting Actor in Thomas Mitchell. Of which 1939 film Directed by John Ford and featuring John Wayne in his breakthrough role, did Orson Welles describe as a perfect textbook of filmmaking? 
So, nominated for seven Oscars, it would win two of them, Best Music and Best Supporting Actor, of which 1939 film, directed by John Ford and featuring John Wayne in his breakthrough role, did Orson Welles describe as a perfect textbook of filmmaking. All right, ladies, you've got uh, 20 seconds or so on the clock. John Wayne's breakthrough film role. No? Okay, there is the... Uh, the, 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 the that's the, a pass, I That's think. a pass. All right, across we go. Gentlemen, what was the name of that movie? Um, Stagecoach. Yes, it was Stagecoach. Well done. Okay, you're back in play. Mm-hmm. On April the 7th, Italian forces successfully invaded Albania, forcing that nation's king to flee to the UK. What was that king's name? One that will have resonance with those brought up in Ireland in the 1980s and 90s. Oh, good God. <laughs> well, that, 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 that's, that's a segue. Um, King's Og. Yes, it was King's Og. That's correct. <laughs> Your next question. Described as a satire on the sexualization of child stars by Hollywood, it is also known as the Barcelona Sphinx. Shirley Temple, the youngest, most sacred monster of contemporary cinema, that being the title of it, is a 1939 artwork in gouache, pastel and collage on cardboard. It was done by which famous artist? Is that for that? Yeah. I thought is, you were going to ask the name of the painting. Uh, that, oh, yeah. oh. Sorry, what are you saying there, guys? I was being... Salvador Dali. Yes, that's correct. Dali. I was convinced you were going to ask us... When you started, I thought you were going to ask us the name of the painting. <laughs> yeah, it's a great title. It's Shirley cool. Temple, the youngest, most sacred monster of contemporary cinema. That's almost given away who the artist was. Yeah, I suppose in, the, in a way it was, yeah. All right, uh, what are we on here? Next one, for four, this will be your fourth in a row. Having won the trophy with a 4-1 win over Wolverhampton Wanderers in the final, which team would end up holding the FA Cup trophy for the longest uninterrupted period of seven years, as the trophy was, of course, not presented again until the 1946 FA Cup final? Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Portsmouth is correct, yes. And for another five in a row, dedicated on October 15th, 1939, as the New York Municipal Airport, it opened for business on December 2nd of the year. In 1953, it was given what name after the mayor of New York when the airport was built? The name of the airport? Yeah, or the name of the mayor who was mayor when the airport was built. It's the uh, same uh, thing. I can, never get, I can never get his first name right, so it's LaGuardia. Yes. His first name is Fiorello. Fiorello LaGuardia. Okay, control passes over. To the blue team. Are you ready, blue team? Yeah. On May the 22nd, Germany and Italy signed a document officially known as the Pact of Friendship and Alliance between Germany and Italy. By what metallic name was this military and political alliance better known? So on May the 22nd, Germany and Italy signed a document officially known as the Pact of Friendship and Alliance between Germany and Italy. By what metallic name was this military and political alliance better known? Iron. 
I will prompt. I've left them off. <laughs> a form of you, you would turn iron into something? Steel. Correct, Carol. Yes, it's the Pact of Steel. <laughs> right. Next question for you guys. Are you ready? Thank you. Which influential science fiction author, later known for his Foundation and Robot series of books, published his first work, a short story called Marooned Off Vesta, in Astounding Science Fiction magazine in March of 1939? Asimov. Yes, Isaac Asimov is correct. Next question. In 1939, which baseball player's streak of 2,130 consecutive Major League Baseball games came to an end after he contracted... Amitriophic lateral sclerosis, a disease with which his name would become associated particularly in America. Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig is right. Correct. <laughs> oh, with the patronising clapping there. Yeah, it? I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a difficult question as you struggle to pronounce. Why is it a difficult question? Uh, MND. Amitriotrophic. Yeah, that's why. Amyotrophic. There, I got it that time. Yeah. Right, next question for you girls. Mexican artist Diego Rivera finalised his divorce from which also very talented compatriot in November 1939. The split would last only until the following December when they remarried. Who was that? Frida Kahlo. Yes, yes it was. Frida Kahlo. And for five in a row, lauded for the statement it made about the country's growing sense of identity and independence, both graphically and in its contents, the Ireland Pavilion at the 1939 World's Fair in New York was designed by young architect Michael Scott. By what name, taken from its shape as seen from above, was this building known? I'd have known who the architect was if you'd you'd made that the question. (laughs) Well, I suppose, what's Michael Scott's most famous building is the way you look at it. Um, So, it was lauded for the statement it made about the country's growing sense of identity and independence. The Ireland Pavilion at the 1939 World's Fair in New York was designed by young architect Michael Scott. By what name, taken from its shape as seen from above, was this building known? Oh, it could be that as well, you're right. Yeah. I don't know. Mm, I know. I'll let you go. Shamrock? Yes, correct. Oh, oh, that's good. That's, that's, a, that's a tough question. It was the Shamrock Pavilion. Well done. Now, that's five in a row. Bonus point for you guys but control goes across. Red team, on October 11th, a now famous letter written by the physicist Leo Szilard and signed by Albert Einstein was delivered to the President of the United States, Franklin D. Roosevelt. In it, the scientists advised the President of the potential for which element, atomic number 92, to be used to construct an atomic bomb. Yeah. I but there is a science teacher on the other team. Um, oh, God. And she knows the answer. <laughs> That's what worries me. She'll give you a clap, though, if you get it, David. And I'll give a ding dong or a What have we got? We've got 25 seconds left on the clock. Okay. Yes. We're ready to give you an answer, John. Okay, what is it? We don't want any laughter from the other team. <laughs> Come on. Give them the uranium. Uranium. It's correct, yes. Oh! <laughs> Thank God. 
because I get it and plutonium mixed up every single time. Plutonium's 94. Oh, yeah, yeah, there we go. Do you want to give them a clap, by the way? No. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uranium was obvious. <laughs> now, uh, next question, Red Team. On April the 7th, after suffering a heart attack two days previously, Joseph Lyons became the first Prime Minister of which country to die whilst in office? Joseph Lyons. Joseph Lyons. Yeah, Australia. Australia. Is correct? Yes, he was a man of Irish descent, Joseph Lyons. Uh, two questions left in the set. Here's the second last of them. Which tennis player had a phenomenal year in 1939, reaching the final of the French Open, winning all three events at Wimbledon, that's pretty good, and then winning the US Open singles title? Much later in life, he returned to the public eye yeah. when taking part in the famous 1973 Battle of the Sexes match against oh, Billie Jean King. Who was that? I should have caught that was him. Um, Bobby Riggs. Bobby Riggs is correct. I just did not compute the two of those facts together at all. <laughs> <laughs> and final question. Which famous Irish man died in Hotel Ideal Séjour in Menton, France on 28 January 1939? and was buried after a discreet and private funeral in the neighbouring village of Roquebrune Cap Martin. WB8. Correct. And that's the final question of the set. So let us go over to Clancy and see how the scores uh, stand at the end of the night. Blue team 18 points. Red team 31 points. So it's a win for the red team, which narrows the gap in the series back to one with just two evenings remaining. So the drama is uh, ratcheted up a notch there with that result. Congratulations to the thanks. red team tonight. David and Brendan, well done. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks guys. And commiserations to the blue team, Anne and Carol. Hard luck, ladies. We'll be back. Oh, we they'll be, be back. back. Okay. <laughs> and lucky, and the, the questions were... I think some of those questions for you guys were very hard today. If you've had a bit more notice, I think we didn't really... really <laughs> That's true. That's true. It was. You did, and the score of 18 there without any real time to prepare and was very impressive, actually. Holding on yeah. that, that, that five-in-a-row really makes me feel good after. Yeah, well done. You, did, you got a five-in-a-row there. It's true. Thank you, everyone at home, for tuning in. And we'll be back next week. If you are listening to us on a podcast platform, please stay tuned, as the Podcast Extras will be coming up very soon. Uh, until then, thank you and good night, and we'll say goodbye from all of us here. Good night. Podcast Extra. <laughs> Thanks, Clancy. Thank you. Okay, let's get on with the quiz. Oh, my bell is in. Hang on. That's Sounding. Not right. He sounds a bit sick. Sick. Yeah. yeah. laryngitis. Do you know what? I've spotted, uh, as an aside, that other shows on this station are now using my bell. Oh. Because it here lives in the studio, you see. So. Well, I think you're going it's to get, have to commandeer it. It's getting overused, I think. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on with the show anyway. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> the tone is much improved. Do you know what? which famous singer received an Academy Award what? nomination for her portrayal of Billie Holiday in the 1972 film version? He's not listening to me. <laughs> Diana Ross, John? Yes, that's correct. Thanks, David. Uh, <laughs> David, you have to listen to me. That's the way the thing works. <laughs> you, 
All right. Now, uh, the final piece of music of the round is coming up. It's for the red team. Um, okay, I'll just put the fame. Okay, well done, everyone. It's going well. Cheers. Can we not hear the odds, John? They're, they're actually quite good. No, I don't, I, that's because I'm not playing them. No, I, I actually... Ah, dude. I Jesus. Them. We don't even get them in the podcast. I remember reading it. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I did, uh, by accident, so one of the podcasts. Yes. They're very good. They're better, like, they're better than the what you'd expect. Down. There's no <laughs> really off mark. You know, you just have to... Yeah, one of, no, definitely yeah. one of the podcasts I accidentally left the ads in. Okay. Uh, I'm just... I feel like a drink of water. But okay, let's get a drink of water. Yeah, go on. Let, I mean, he hasn't hurt the floor in at least 20 minutes. He needs to hear it. No, no, no! I've got to be. I've got to be in early in the morning. I need to yeah. be vaguely, vaguely, vaguely human. Oh, the kettle's on. Oh. We're boiling the kettles. <laughs> got the world's loudest kettles going. The world's <laughs> largest apartment. Maybe floor. you've got some amazing acoustics in your apartment, Brendan, that like amplify every sound going. Oh, sorry, Sigmund Freud. Sigmund, yeah. Correct. Yes. Okay. Did you next. get that? Uh, you got that right. Correct. Have you broken the bell? No, it no, rang. It gave a nice big gang bang there. <laughs> big ring rang <laughs> next question technically you're wrong he didn't, oh. he didn't make it in DC Comics because they didn't exist at the time but uh, they did become DC Comics uh, that would be Batman it would be Batman <laughs> but, but again you're not on Dull. yeah it was Detective Comics Thank you. DC at the time. Remember, you thought that the, definitely the man wasn't the Pope Pius XI, who was Pope Pius XI, David. <laughs> I thought that might have learnt you something. We're right. very pedantic here tonight, aren't we? <laughs>